everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the ABC game show revivals Press Your Luck and Card Sharks. Ooh, game shows right in our wheelhouse. Let's bring Mom in. Hi, Mom. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very good. Very good. It's raining here today, though. I'm very disappointed in that. (laughs) Well, a little rain must fall. Are we going to get all philosophical? (laughs) It has been quite a dreary June here. Say that five times fast. Dreary June here in Chicago. Yeah, I think I could. It seems like we can't shake the chill. Usually here in Chicago... Winter lasts way too long, and then just slam, you're into summer. But right, May and right. June have just been, have barely been able to get off the blocks of winter. Well, and I feel like it's an indication of what summer is going to be. That's what I always feel like. If it's cold all through June, which it really has been. I mean, I've even worn flannel pajamas yeah. still. So uh, it's, it just doesn't bode well. Wow, I like the notion of your pajamas being a sort of chronicle of the weather. <laughs> the pajama report. What should you wear to bed tonight with Bonnie Tatey? Right. Well, I never get it right, so I haven't dressed correctly in about three weeks. I know that I know the solution is layers, but I don't really like layers. I don't like all that on my arms because you know I knit, and so mm. I don't really like that. But. Uh, so I so I go with a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, and I have guessed wrong almost every day for three weeks now. <laughs> yeah, um, for me it's between boxer shorts or putting on a, a pair of gym pants to go to bed. And boy, when I make the wrong choice with boxer shorts, you just wake up in the middle of the night, and then you gotta at least if you're too warm, you can just take something off and go right back to right. sleep. But if you need more layers, you got to get up. It's a whole thing, right? <laughs> That's right. That's why you should just keep them on the end of your bed. <clears throat> the gym pants? It's from mom. Well, well, the truth is I do, but just because I'm a slob. Well, I don't know. I think it's convenience. Who wants to wake, you know, who wants to wake all the way up? I have to wake all the way up to go to the bathroom every night. So ugh, look forward to that. <laughs> I know. Isn't going to the bathroom a drag? Oh, I just, uh, I have so many other things I'd rather be doing, especially in the middle of the night, which is sleep. Um, Well, how have your days been lately, Mom? The days have been very interesting, but I've had a few uh, interactions, which I I try to avoid the phone, but I have had two interactions this week with customer service and the phone. I got my credit card bill and it had $16 of interest charged on it. And I said, okay, well, I know I was late last month, the month before. I get that, but what is this? Hmm. So I decided to call the credit card company, which in itself is interesting because sometimes when you call the credit card company, you get on the merry-go-round, and then before you know it, they've shot you out 
yeah, and you're that's right. standing, the ride's over, and you didn't even get to talk to anybody. <laughs> Beautifully put, yes. <laughs> um, but this time, for some reason, and I just don't know if it's the luck of the draw, I did finally get to talk to somebody. Mm. And I asked him, what is this? What is this interest? And, you know, no insult to anybody, but he spoke um, with an accent that I could understand, mm-hmm. which which is delightful, really. Yeah. I have to say, because, you know, I'm a little shaky going into this, but when I can't understand them, then I get very nervous and. You know, because I'm not, I don't want to insult. and. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. Especially when I'm calling the credit card company or any, you know, finance company. Like, yes, I'm with you. I want to be considerate and, you know, navigate the language barrier that exists sometimes with the right. overseas um, call agents. But also, like, I feel like I'm not being completely understood and... Like, this is thousands of dollars mm. we're talking about, you know? And I start to get nervous, like, that the person on the other end is going to misunderstand and push the wrong button. That's what right. That's what makes me nervous about it, yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, I think this guy told me he was in Tennessee for some reason, but I could be making that up. So could anyway, he. Anyway, I said to him, what is this interest charge? And he said, well, you didn't pay your bill for two months. And I said, well, that's not true. I paid my bill both months. They weren't on time. Yes, 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 they weren't on time. And I thought, well, now am I going to provide all my own answers here? Or how is this going to work? He finally conveyed to me the fact that two payments had come in late. I tend to be very uh, unorganized when it comes to paying bills that you know, I get inspired and I pay them all and I think, oh, what a good girl you are. And then I forget about it for more weeks than is. But anyway, so he said, do you have any other questions? And I said, well, yes, I do. I said, what about these points on my credit card? How do I use them? And he said, do you know, how do you use them? Yes, yes, that's what I'm asking. Well, he said, you can make a payment or you can use them for stuff. And I said, well, you mean you have all my, you have all my points over there and you're still charging me interest. I said, why can't you just use my points to pay off my interest? You know, and daddy says, well, he can't make that decision for you. And okay. So I said, well, he says, look, he looks up how many points I have. Well, I have like a thousand thirty six points. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I don't know if this is like fun spot where I can get a pencil for that or can I really get a Gucci handbag for that? You know, I don't know. I don't know. What does that, what do these points mean? Well, in fact, they're dollars. And I said, oh my God, they're dollars. I said, well, pay off my credit card with it. Well, you said you want to use it to make up your credit card payment? I said, yes. Yes, do that. You know, I don't need to send you any money. You've got a bucket of my money. So he does that. And I say, well, now I have a credit, right? Yes, you have a credit of $283. And I said, well, what proof do I have now that this transaction has even happened? That's good. Good question. 
And he said, well, these are all recorded and blah, 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 blah. And what's does he know? Good. And he says, and it'll be on your account within three days. And I said, well, it'll be in my account in three days. But in the meantime, where's my proof that you and I have had this conversation? And he said, well, it's recorded and you can call the company. And so I, I did accept that. Uh, but then I did reassure myself that I did not have to pay this bill, that it was paid and I had a credit. So that was that was a very good phone conversation. Oh, this, However, was, a, <clears throat> this was an example of a good conversation. Well, it is a good example, except that if I haven't been paying, Daddy says, oh, you haven't paid attention to your points for a long time. And I said, well, what about all these people that are dropping debt every day that have never used their points? Oh, those people are the credit card company's favorite customers. Well, I would like to get in on that. You want the dead people's points? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Somebody's. Well, anyway, people, check your points and use them. <laughs> this has been a public service announcement from Pop Mom. Americans, really? have you checked your credit card points lately? It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your credit card points are? You, you think this is a joke? I had $1,000 sitting there. That's not nothing. No, it's something. All right. Well, you're not getting the gravity of this. Well, I, I find it amusing that you think you should get all the dead people's points. No, I think somebody should get those points. I think... You know, what happens do, when people die? Do people close out their credit cards and, and nobody just happens to mention, oh, well, your mother didn't know how to use the points. So, uh, you know, millions of dollars for us. Well, let me look it up. And then they have the nerve to charge me $16 interest. Well, they're not going to do you any favors. Well, this seems like a very one-way street to me. Uh, yes, that is correct. The credit card companies are are bad, Mom. They're just, they're bad. <laughs> well, they're, I think this is criminal. They're like a lamprey just latched onto <laughs> the wallets of America. It's true. They're awful. And American Express charges you for their card. You know what? Well, I kind of anyway. like that. As you know, I use American Express. I know. And I just like that they that they take their pound of flesh up front. And you know what? Then they're really nice to me through the rest of the year. Whenever I have a problem and I call them, they're nice to me because I've they've already gotten what they need out of me. I mean, they like yeah. it when I use the card too, but yeah. they're not trying to, you know, because it's a charge card, not a credit card. They're not, you know, playing little interest games and I don't have to yeah. stay on guard with them quite as much. And look, American Express is also awful. Like, it's a bad company, and these companies are all bad for Americans. But I, do, in terms of living my life, I do find American Express to be the least irritating just because I'm like, all right, here's your goddamn money. And they're like, great. We're not going to play any games with you. We're, it's right. just going to be a straight transaction. Because I, well, do, I do feel like, you know, with the other companies and with banks, you just always have to be on their guard, on your guard. That yeah, Whoops. Yeah. Oh, did you forget about this? Well, that's a fee. Right. And you know what? We're lucky enough to be able to take that hit. But if you're That's living right. on the edge, as a lot of people are, those bank fees and credit card fees can really be a killer. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. you got me going. Boy, you got me yeah, going. Well, I'm <laughs> just telling you, I want people to, to, you know, 
if you're savvy enough and using your points, yay for you. But check on your parents because, you know, I was just like, tra-la-la-la-la. Uh, and, of course, it is on the statement, which I never read. So it's right there at your fingertips, but it's on the last page. Very sneaky. Uh, so yeah. who do you, Visa? All right, here's my next call. Hey, well, actually, so, do you want an answer to can can your points be passed on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite complicated. Uh, the, yeah. I, I did quickly Google it and just looked at a couple of things here. And um, I'll just say for American Express, the American Express policy is the membership rewards points accumulated by a deceased card member may be reinstated to a new account or redeemed by the estate of the deceased card member. So oh. you you can't take your American Express points with you, but at least someone else can, <laughs> okay. can have them. Well, let's don't get started on that because I'm having a whole God thing this week with Dad. So let's don't go there. A whole okay? God thing. Yeah. We, we really don't want to pop that balloon. It's, it's not good. Wow. I I really want to hear more. <laughs> I ha- when I talk about it I use a lot of swear words, so Okay. All right. Okay. So Chewy's Chewy sent me a big package this the end of last week. Um what I is now Chewy's? am the owner Chewy's. Do you order from them? I don't know what that is. You don't know what Chewy's is? They deliver your cat litter right to your front door. Really? And your cat food and everything. And your guinea pig food, everything. Delivered right to your door. And if you order enough, it comes free. (laughs) If you order enough, yeah. Which is really, you're going to order enough. I mean, kitty litter, you're going to use it, right? So you order three bags of it or four bags of it. Oh, Chewy.com? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. You know, you always have to put the S on the end, don't you? It's it's D'Angelo's all over again. I know. And we just were talking about that yesterday because we went to Concord to meet Matt and Jade and the children for for lunch. And we pulled pulled right past D'Angelo. And Daddy said, oh, D'Angelo's and blah, 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 blah. So... So, yes, you got a package from Chewy. This is why I was confused. Really? The S really threw you, huh? It really did. Well, because I was spelling it in my mind, C-H-U-I. I thought you were like ordering Mexican food or something. Yeah, because you know how much I love hot stuff. I know. love your spicy tamales. Yeah, you know me. Give me a jalapeno. (laughs) So, I got the order from them, and it had five packets of the wet food that toast my cat likes to eat mm-hmm. five packets. Okay. And I said, well, this is odd that they threw those in. Maybe they see that I order that from time to time and they just threw those in. And I, I really wasn't thinking I wasn't thinking. And then I ran out of cat, the wet food. And I said, my God, I thought I just ordered five boxes of this or six boxes of this. And then it dawned on me that what they done was sent me, five individual packages when I ordered five cases and a case has 12 packets in it. Oh, so wow. 
So you only yeah. got like 8% of your actual order. Right. But it took me a few days to realize it because I didn't. Yeah. Because I didn't. So I call the place. I explain all this to the fella that sounds like he, I mean, I can just picture him. His hair isn't combed. He hasn't brushed his teeth. He's just rolled out of bed and he's taking my phone call. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain to him what's going on. And he keeps saying, uh, just a minute, please. Just a minute. Oh, the computer, the computer's taking a long time. Blah, 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 blah. There's nothing slower than a call center computer. Really? People, buy a few more, whatever the things are that run that, right? Yeah. What are, whatever runs it, guinea pigs on, on wheels, whatever. <laughs> guinea pigs on wheels? I don't think guinea pigs like a wheel, do they? Uh, I don't know, but I just found this place in England that has a whole setup. They're guinea pigs that live like 20 guinea pigs in, a, in an enclosure where they just run around and they get to go out in the yard like they're dogs, like they're little dogs. They get to run all over the yard. Uh, wow. Um, but I digress. So the guy says to me, it would be good when you notice this, if you notice this happens again, that you let us know because this order uh, took place on June 30th. Hmm. I said to him, are you even awake? In the future. Yeah, you should not future. be calling them about orders that haven't <laughs> happened yet, in his defense. I said, June 30th hasn't even happened yet. What are you talking about? And uh, he mumbled something about the computer again. And then he said he was going to send me six boxes. And uh, I thought, let's, let's just end this quickly now. I got what I needed. And I don't know if he's on drugs or what, but... Or if I've time traveled, which you know I'm very against, and uh, let's just let's just end this right here, young man. So he, so from what I understand, uh, you called the Chewy customer service, uh, stated your problem, and he agreed to send you the cases of food. Is that the long and short of it here? Yes, but he told me I placed my order on June 30th, and if I noticed a problem, I should have called him sooner. How could, how could I have an order placed June 30th? Well, Mom, just as you and I both try to be sensitive to call center employees who are in different countries, I think we should also also be sensitive to call center employees who are from different timelines, right? This guy just happens to live in the future. That's his lot in life. And I, it seems like it would be a tough life. You don't want to do it, right? By your own admission. I don't. Uh, I didn't think of it that way, John. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have I don't have a lot of patience, and uh, and and here's what I also think. Yeah. I think they have a list of ten things they're allowed to say. Well, yeah. And many of them don't pertain to my question. <laughs> no, you that's know what I'm right. Saying? So they give me number four. Number four was I'm sorry that happened. When I'm when I'm saying, you know, what the hell are you going to do about this? This is this is stupid. And like I said to the guy at, at Visa, you know, you're charging me interest. This is this is ridiculous. Do you see how much I spend every month? And I pay it all off usually. I and I screwed up this time. You know, what are you charging me sixteen dollars for? People, people are like vultures. 
Well, I mean, the tragedy of it is that nobody knows how um, asinine the corporate policies are more than the people in these call centers who can do nothing about it and who have to say what's on the sheet. It's just it's a phone call where you both hate this company and neither of you can do a damn thing about it. The person you really want to complain to is the penny pinching vice president who decided to hire this call center to save, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on the balance sheet at the end of the year. But you can't get in touch with him because he's out on the golf course. Right. That's right. Spending, using my money as tips. You are you are bringing my anti-capitalist rage to the surface with these stories, Mom. Can you tell? Yeah, I, I really can tell. And, and you know, I'm going to tell you also, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So <laughs> I feel like I've done a good job here. Yep. Uh, shall we get to our review? We should. Okay. This week, Mom and I are doing a twofer, Press Your Luck and Card Sharks. Year by year, ABC continues to bet on classic game show formats for an increasing share of its summer programming, a strategy the network has branded Summer Fun and Games. The latest revivals to join ABC's lineup of games are Press Your Luck and Card Sharks. Press Your Luck is the game where players answer trivia questions to earn spins on a giant board filled with cash and merchandise. Contestants hit a plunger to stop the flashing lights on either a prize or... If they're unlucky, one of the whammies who populate the board. Mm -hmm. Little demons who, when summoned, pop up on the screen with a cheesy animation and take all the players' winnings. Elizabeth Banks hosts the ABC revival, which extends the half-hour game to an hour by adding a long, big-money bonus round. Here's a clip. Card Sharks is a show that combines fun survey questions about human nature with the world's simplest card game. In the main game, players compete to estimate their responses to a goofy survey. For instance, we surveyed 100 people and asked them, Are you wearing underwear? How many said they were going commando? Whoever does better on a question gets to play a row of cards one by one, guessing if the next one will be higher or lower. The high-low conceit appears again in the money cards round when the winner of the main game wagers all or part of their winnings on every turn of the cards. Joel McHale hosts this version. Here's a clip. We asked 100 moms, they're backstage, (laughs) have you ever hidden food from your kids that you didn't want to share? How many admitted they had? I think that's a common thing for moms to do. Okay. I think it, it's going to cruise down the line of like 65. 65. 65. 65. I think that's a good number. That's how that All goes. Right. And higher or lower? I think the number is a little higher. Okay. The actual number is 84. It is higher. Press Your Luck and Card Sharks air back-to-back starting every Wednesday at 8, 7 central on ABC. They are also available to stream on Hulu. 
Mom, are these shows right on the money cards, or do you feel like you hit a whammy? One of them is great. Mm. One of them not so great. Oh. Do you want to guess? Well, I'm looking at my notes, and I have some good and bad on both, but the... I think the one that I probably won't watch again is Card Sharks. So I'm going to guess that you were down on Card Sharks and up on Press Your Luck. Am I wrong? You are correct. Okay. Let's start with Press Your Luck then, since that airs first. What did you like about Press Your Luck? I I surprisingly liked this one very much. I saw it. Elizabeth Banks as the hostess. I think she needs to do her roots and maybe have her makeup <laughs> artist make her eyes look a little friendlier. Um, she looks a little scary, but she has the right attitude. She has, she's a great um, host. I agree. Or, you know, or hostess, if that's, that's what we I think saying. just host, just host is fine at this point. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I wrote. But um, she has the right amount of involvement. Yep. She, she's pulling for the contestants. Yes. She's, she's just a perfect host. She's a perfect host. It's just the way I want my game show to go. I couldn't agree more. With, with her encouraging and yep. pulling for me, and um, but doing her job, you know, presenting the questions, and she, she seems very comfortable and accomplished in, in, in her job. I'm so glad you enjoyed her, because I was really impressed. Um, she's excellent. And for all the reasons that you outlined, and look, Press Your Luck is a, Press Your Luck is a crazy game. Right. If if right. the if the show plays out the right way, um, as the game is building to its climax, you're almost dizzy because there have been so many high stakes moments and that board just keeps beeping and booping. And um, you can kind of feel the vertigo that the player in control must feel like right. just the adrenaline. You've got to find where you're where you're what you're landing on. And you do have to scan the board to do that. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. You can see their eyes dart around. Great point, Mom. So the the host, you know, Peter Tamarkin hosted the original. Maybe not a name that is on the tip of a lot of people's tongue, but he was really an excellent host of this um, show, which yeah. only lasted three seasons in the 80s, but has persisted in the popular memory beyond its initial success, uh, largely because of the whammies, which we'll get to. But... As far as the host is concerned, to me, a good press your luck host will get swept up in the game, but still keep their feet on the ground. Like I want to yeah. see them. I want to see the host jaw drop, and I want to see them get caught up in the player's energy. Peter Demarkin, Demarkin was good about that. Elizabeth Banks is excellent. Yeah, she she's hitting the right notes. She's not over the top. She's not trying to you know match the noise of the board, but she's Thank getting God. swept up in it. Yeah, right. Um, I am really impressed with her as a first time uh, game show host. Great stuff. Great stuff. I mean, I think like a, a ringleader in a circus, mm. she she keeps it at the at a level that, well, unlike card sharks, I think, which we'll talk about after. But I think she kept it in control. I think she kept yes. it at a level of excitement and enthusiasm that was appropriate. This is a game show. This isn't the uh, curing of cancer on a rocket ship to the moon. This is a game show. 
and I think she just kept it all in in, in that venue yeah. very well. She seems really, really comfortable. Well. Yeah. More comfortable than Joel McHale on Card Sharks, um, which was really striking to me because I feel like he could host a show with two t- hands tied behind his back. Like, what? I know. But what? The set. Wow. Like, I am looking at this set, and I feel like if Pre- if Press Your Luck had never gone off the air, and they just continued to update what they had, I feel like this is what it would look like in 2019. Yeah. yeah. I-, I thought so, too. I thought they did a real nice job on that. I still get a little confused when it turns around. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. Right. The board is just in the background and static when they're playing the question round to earn the spins. And then when they go into the real meat of the game, the whole um, contestant, the whole platform where the contestants and the host are just rotates around to face the board. Then it's a really nice, it's just a classic bit of um, production design in terms of getting the show to a commercial and and just having that little ramp of drama, of, of right. visual drama as they go to commercial, and you see that platform just rotating around to the to face off against this gigantic machine. Man, when when the when that board starts going, I I was really right back into it. I, I was agree. Su- I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was very and exciting. Let's talk about those whammies. It seemed like there was a lot of whammies on there. <laughs> Well, this, I loved the, now Press Your Luck has been revived once before, uh, a show on Game Show Network called Whammy, the new Press Your Luck. And they had these whammies that were all polished and 3D animated and updated for the extreme 2000s. And um, it just didn't, none of it felt right. And what I love about the whammy animations, now if you've never seen the show, um, the original show, when someone would hit a whammy, a little animation would play out on the bottom half of the screen, superimposed on the um, contestant, and the whammy would like ski down to the bottom of a hill and blow up, and their money would disappear or whatever. Like it was really crude animations, but fun and memorable um, and right. well done. Crude maybe isn't the right word, but uh, no. simple maybe, right? right. Um and they've gone back to that simple style. And in fact, some of the they've even replicated some of the original whammy animations and they look just like the old ones. And they've yeah. done some new ones in the old style. I really thought they were fun. It sounds like you didn't. I did. I, I thought oh. I thought it really the more I watched this show, the more it felt familiar and, you know, a little updated in in some ways, but not so much that it was ruined. You know, it yeah. didn't have to be bigger or better or louder or, you know, more colors, more flashing lights, more, you know, how they sometimes do to update a show. But I thought this one stayed rather true. And uh, oh, I think all the pieces came together. So, well, I do have a question for you. Mm. One of the things that they did on, on, on the show was they put some special things on the board for one of the players. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you think they would put on the board for you? 
Well, let me let me fill in the picture a little bit. So um, I mentioned in the intro that they have this half hour bonus round now tacked on to the to the sort of classic press your luck game where it's one person going against the board and they'll get, you know, in the first round, they'll get five spins they have to take and they keep going until they stop or they get four whammies. It's it's to me too long and just really drags. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like you can stop watching after the first half hour, honestly. Uh, but the producers uh, stock the board with prizes that are particular to them. Um, you know, the, the one guy well, loves SpaghettiOs. So one of the prizes was a lifetime supply of SpaghettiOs. I actually think this is kind of this is a cute touch. And I, I do like that. And so the question to me is, what would I want put on the board? Hmm. I know that's a hard question because I don't have what I'd like them to put on the board for me. Yeah. Um, maybe a lifetime supply of Nutter Butters. <laughs> right? Well, that would add up to a good $400. <laughs> you know, they, the prizes were a little more generous than that. It's hard. I mean, I could think of many things I'd like a lifetime supply of. but well, So you don't have an answer to your own question? I don't really want anything. I don't want, I don't, I can't just can't think of anything. Well, they also put experiences up there on the board like this. One, was it Michael Bolton that the one fellow was a, a fan of? I don't know if you saw this oh. episode, but he was a big Michael Bolton fan. And there was a prize that was like, oh, you follow him for a week in your own tour bus or something. And I feel like I would want to spend a day behind the scenes on The Price is Right and talk to all the people and, but well, I've done, done that. that. I, I did that. You know, I've lived yeah. a pretty, I've had a pretty good life and I've gotten yeah. to do the, some of the special things that I'd want to do for people who don't know, which I imagine is most people. I, uh, there was a special Price is Right episode of the AV Club TV show I did a couple of years ago where we did go out and the production was incredibly welcoming and we just did a whole half hour on The Price is Right, and it was a blast. I think you can still find it on Amazon Video if you want to see it, but that's what would be on my board if I hadn't already done that. I mean, I can think of things like I'd like to take the whole family on a cruise or something. That's you good. Know? That's good. I was watching with a friend, and uh, Press Your Luck with a friend, and he, you know, they had like the Michael Bolton experience come up, and he said, wow. They really did their research. He said, do you think they had prizes ready for the other two? And I just looked at him and I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> they weren't just standing back there crossing their fingers hoping that the guy who loves Michael Bolton won the game. <laughs> did you quote standards and practices? No, no. That's what you always used to do. Yeah, I, Whenever someone would claim that a game show was rigged when I was a little kid, I would say, no, standards and practices, which... Shows you what a huge nerd I was to even understand that networks had standards and practices department monitoring these shows. But that's who I was and that's who I am. Uh, So what's your grade for Press Your Luck, Mom? My grade, I gave this an A because I think it's difficult to come back with a show and... Uh, I think they did a, a real good job. I agree. I Although think, that bonus yeah. round is too, is too long. Yeah, that's 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 too much. And uh, and I really don't need to see your loved one sitting there with tissues crying. What the <laughs> hell is that? Uh, anyway, but A. A, good. Uh, can I just voice one last tiny complaint? Um, yeah. Which is that Elizabeth Banks always says, press your luck or pass, 
even when people have no money on the board. And I'm just sitting here like, if you have zero dollars, you have no luck to press. <laughs> well, the correct phrasing detail. is yeah. player pass <laughs> when you have, because you're, you've been totally unlucky. Well, she probably has to say pressure luck a number of times to get her paycheck. Well, I'm sure that she was instructed to use that phrasing every time. Uh, so yeah. um, I don't think it's Elizabeth Banks' fault. I think that's a production choice. Yeah. Speaking of production choices, I have a lot of bones to pick with the choices made on Card Sharks. Me too. Do you want to hear all mine? Yeah, you start. Well, as much as I admire Elizabeth Banks and her demeanor and her handling of the show, uh, I thought that Joel McHale, who I think got this job because Ryan Seacrest was unavailable, I felt like this was him showing up at Westminster with two rabid beavers on leashes. He had absolutely no control. He could have cared less. His attitude is snarky and it just doesn't work. I didn't feel like he was there for the contestants. I felt like he was there for himself. He seemed uncomfortable. He 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 didn't have any energy. Uh, my cat could have done a better job, I think. Well, I don't know if I would go that far, but I was, I was... Oh, come on, join me. Well, I mean, I I think it's bad. Like, <laughs> I'm with you there, but I, you know, I'm so surprised by Elizabeth Banks, who has never really hosted too much of anything, to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but hosting her first season of this game, and she seems right at home. Like, and Joel McHale did not. I think part of what went wrong is that Joel McHale is used to talking about and dealing with celebrities and perhaps is not as comfortable dealing with regular folk who we have to get to know for the first time the instant they come out on stage. Well, but but this glitch should have come up in the in the pre-trials. So I, I'm not buying this. Yeah. I'm just well, not accepting it. Well, but... That's a, that's a skill that maybe he hasn't developed, uh, but but I also think, Mom, he's so constrained by the production, which is a bad production. There's a, just a lot of fundamental mistakes made to fit this trifle of a daytime game show into an hour-long primetime slot, one of which being the game is totally broken. This, you know, on the original, they had to make it down a row of five cards— yeah. And there would be some strategy strategy involved, but they really don't want the players to get to the end of their row of cards on this primetime adaptation of it. So they have this row of 10 that it's practically impossible to make it to the end. So it always comes down to that fifth sudden death question. And I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but there you can either choose to have a game show straddle or it can be self-contained. And a game show that straddles is, as you know, I'm just explaining this for the listener's benefit, Mom, a game show that straddles, you can end it in the middle of a game and you just pick up where you left off the next day. Right. Um, yeah. Card Sharks was one of the rare Mark Goodson shows that straddled, but it just suited the the game. You don't know when it's going to end. Um, right. And they used to play two out of three on the, on the old one. 
this one, because it's this time slot and they want each one to be self-contained, they really need each of these games to last a half hour, no more, no less. So oh. they don't want, they're preventing the contestants from reaching the goal by just setting it outrageously, um, by this crazy distance they have to go. And it makes the, to me, it makes the game a slog because I feel like we're just sitting here waiting to get to the fifth question when something will actually be decided. Well, I I had even more problem with the uh, what I consider the the minutia, the the card deck being carried out. <laughs> it looks heavy. It, it looks does. like a big heavy suitcase, and it's it's unwieldy. And they lug it out so that you can uh, cut the so the contestant can cut the cards, and then they flog it up on the stage and get it in position and even even placing the card, you know, like when they oh, replace know. a card within yes. the game, it's awkward. It's like it's like doing a show in your garage. It it does feel awkward. The, I agree. And why does it have to take so goddamn long? I mean, I know I why it needs know. to take that long because they have this time to fill, like I said. But to me, the production... Well, re- you know, fill it with filler then to have it... Fill it with Joel talking to the contestants and maybe yes. uh, bringing out their personality and saying something funny. You know, that could be done. You took the words right out of my mouth, Mom. Uh, like, why Card Sharks exhibits one of my least favorite ticks of modern game show production, which is clapping for money amounts. And I can't... <laughs> I lost count of how many times in a given hour Joel McHale would say, and somebody's going to win $10,000. Woo! Clap, 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 clap. You know what I like? I remember on Pyramid when they play the $100,000 tournament that we've been anticipating for weeks. It's all come up to this point, and the lights would go down, and Dick Clark would have everybody quiet, and he'd say, for $100,000, here's your first subject, go. And even saying those words and thinking about him saying it sends a tingle through me of electricity because it's just the quiet of the moment is what makes it exciting i'm so tired of these theoretic you could win a million dollars Woo! like clap when they win right and every time that happened with the audience is too close to the stage they're too much part of it it's almost like a theater in the round setup not quite but it's um they are very intimately there, and it's this is the deal or no deal influence. And the executive producer of Card Sharks, Scott St. John, was also involved with deal or no deal, and I just see a lot of the same creative decisions being made. But to get back to your point, Mom, I the note that I put a star next to and underlined was let Joel host. You know, yeah. don't clap for money amounts. Don't take right. forever to flip over a card because you know what? When we're on the, like, third card of the first round, it's really not that exciting whether it's higher right. or lower. Like, just get it over with. Right. All that time, and they... And that's what I wrote was manipulative. I felt manipulated. That's right. And all that time they spend manipulating us clumsily and just in the hackiest fashion, take all that time and give it to Joel. Let him build a, a right. repartee with these contestants. Let him get comfortable with these people. He's. In, I just feel like he's never quite comfortable. He never right. quite knows where to look. He's always reminding himself where we are in the game. Um, he's not terrible, but he's not good, and he's not Joel McHale that I know. No, 
No, and, you know, even down to the fact that when they count out the coins, the people in the audience are yelling, one, two, when really what they want them to say is 1,000, 2,000. And I know that seems small and petty, but that's how you build the camaraderie of the game. That's where the audience's place is, in in a place like that. Yeah, yeah, well put. Yep. But they didn't even get that right. They did. They didn't even get that right because in the games that I saw, they the audience tended to just yell one, two. I know that's a small point, but no, I get it though. It's yeah, it's knowing how to use all these different components, and you know these the producers of the show know how to use them in terms of 21st century game show cliches. But I don't think they really understand card sharks, as evidenced by the um. fact that. We get five questions per half hour. That is less than half of what you'd get on a half hour of the original Card Sharks, which moved. And I think that there's this misconception on the production staff that Card Sharks is all about higher and lower. It's barely a game. Like the right. the, the substance of the show that keeps it interesting and gives it some variety from day to day is these creative survey questions. And the questions are yeah. good. You know, I think yeah. the questions are in line with the original. They're clever. They're, they make you think. Um, they make you debate. You know, how many first graders said that, yes, when you plug in a set of stairs, it turns into an escalator? Like, right. That's, that's a funny question. It's fun. It's fun to talk about and make the guesses at home. Give us more of that because we can play yeah. along with that. And that gives yeah. us some participation in this whole thing. The fact that they dole out these questions so stingily indicates to me that they don't understand what makes this show go in a way right. that I feel like the match game revival and the press your luck revival and the pyramid revival like these. I feel like those people get what those games are all about. I'm not saying yeah. they're perfect revivals, but I, I do feel like the creative team understands those games I don't think the Card Sharks team really understands this show at all. Well, and and I'm going to ask you this question because I wonder, obviously, in days of old, the game shows were, you know, if you won $10,000, it was like, you know, set for life or, you know, whatever. The The money is so ridiculous now. We've lost the people. We've lost the heart because the money is what it's all about. I mean, it's like professional sports, you know? It's all about the money. It's not about getting on the court and playing basketball. It's about how much you can get for your player if you're you're an agent. I don't know. It's just kind of hmm. disgusting. I'm not sure I see the parallel there, but... Um, try to. <laughs> well, I'll agree with the underlying point that the fixation on the big money is and really always has been a road to failure. God, there've just been have been so many big jackpot game shows that, that had nothing else going for them. I think of do you remember um uh, the 1 million dollar chance of a lifetime? No. Um this was a show I feel like in late 80s uh Jim Lang hosted it and it was just sort of a dull word game attached to a giant jackpot. Oh. Um and it lasted a couple seasons but it just that's all it had going for it. You know, Card Sharks is misnamed because, yes, there's this card game, but like I said, it's the fun part is the questions. You know, the money cards round was exciting, but that was like a little part that was the 
the bulk of any half hour of card sharks would be these questions and the debate over these questions. What, right. w- one thing that was striking to me in terms of the production choices was that um, often the contestants failed to, or their answers were edited out, but they failed to talk about why they right. thought think it, through. Yeah. it was 24 out of think 100. those things out loud. They were practically required to do so on the original because, again, that's yeah. that's the fun. And I think they picked contestants that had energy and, oh, here's this quirky person with shark earrings, isn't she? I mean, yeah. couldn't you imagine? But she actually is not – she doesn't have much to say on yeah. once the game gets going. Yeah. It's, it's bad casting. It's just uh, mistakes all up and down, I feel like, on card sharks. And did you see the guy that um... – you know, that kept running out into the middle of the of the stage and doing spins yeah, and yeah. twirls. And I just thought, you know, you gotta rein him in. He's just he's he's doing another show. That's the dealer no deal philosophy though. Like I I used to say about dealer no deal that every um contestant was either a sassy church going woman or uh <laughs> bellowing firefighter meathead like they just had two kinds of contestants that they would basically alternate um and all that mattered was you know will you spin around on stage and go crazy it's it's not to me a very human way of casting a game show like give me some people up there not cartoon characters give me some people and like you said let joel get to know them let yeah. us get to know them. Let us get to know them, right? Because you know how do how do you pick, for instance, how to root for on Jeopardy? You know, sometimes when <laughs> Alex does that little interview, yeah. Yeah. you know, oh, he's a fellow stamp collector yeah. or whatever. You know, yep. something interesting that sort of changes your attitude, maybe, or enforces reinforces your attitude. It it humanizes everything, and you can relate. And, yeah. you're, and that's how you become part of it when you're at home sitting on your couch. Can't put it any better than that. Okay. I do feel bad for Joel. I just, well, I just think he was let down by the production here, Mom. I don't yeah. think he should be out there looking as... Um, he knows what he's doing, so he shouldn't be out there looking confused and lost. Maybe this yeah. just isn't his jam... I think maybe it's not, but he needs to be better prepared and they need to make better use of him than that. Let him host. Um, I was really disappointed with that. As a fellow host, to some extent, I just, I think that he should have been given more of an opportunity to shine. To to shine. Because all I could think of, and this is what I wrote down, was didn't didn't he go home and practice this in his living room a little bit? It's not a complicated game. Right. You know, there was no really no personality from from anyone. From it anyone. was just Yeah. Yeah. It this this was not a good show. I have to agree. What is your grade for card sharks? I gave it a D because maybe it can go someplace, but you know, you know, we our attention span is such that once we're turned off, we tend to move on to other things. So Well, I, I think that's know. all that's always been the case for T V. Yeah. 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 But and I do love a game show. I do love a game show. Yes. Well, I, I think I the love, listeners, yeah, know that by now. Yeah, I love stretching my mind and, and rooting for people. And, and, you know, even if it's even if it's The Price is Right, where you're guessing supermarket prices, it's just fun. And this was not fun. This was sad. I gave it a D. 
Okay. Do you have a recommendation for us this week, Mom? I I do have a, a, and I hope that people know how to put on their subtitles on their TV, which I do not. But uh, I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix called Dairy Girls. It's a group of girls growing up in Northern Ireland and um, just the nonsense that is their lives. This show will make you laugh out loud. It is funny and sharp and... Uh, the the girls are all very distinctive. It has a funny twist to it with a fellow that's in the show, and we we really enjoyed this a lot. Very mm. funny. Okay. <clears throat> and they have you know different situations that come up. You know they they think at one point that there's a bunch of girls downstairs in in the church, and they see the Blessed Mother crying, and they get the whole town. Uh, involved in in this phenomenon and, you know, everybody's coming to see when, in fact, one of the girls that was upstairs was chasing a dog upstairs and he had weed and it went through the slats and that was the actual tears of the Blessed Virgin Mary was dog pee. Oh, he had peed. I get it. I get it. Um, I was picturing the dog up there smoking a joint when you said he had weed. <laughs> Don't smoke. They're too smart. Yeah. Okay, that is Dairy Girls, streaming on Netflix. Thank you, Mom. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Hmm. The question is what to talk about. Any ideas, Mom? Nope. No, I'm kidding. Something interesting. Something interesting. So you have that to look forward to. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, as always, please tell your friends. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.